Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Hey guys, welcome into the space. This is EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com. We're going to talk some Michigan recruiting today, Memorial Day weekend, so it should be fun. Uh, we'll go for about 15, 20 minutes. I'll answer any questions you guys have, so just feel free to jump in and interrupt me at any point. I uh, did want to talk about some wide receiver recruiting. That's kind of been a hot topic. Uh, I obviously was in Miami here recently seeing Jalen Brown, five-star target, who's arguably at the very top of the wide receiver board. Um, but like I said, feel free to jump in, uh, ask any questions you have in, in regards to Michigan recruiting. And if you're not a subscriber to the Wolverine.com, you can su- subscribe now for $1 for the entire year. Just go head over to the Wolverine.com and click the subscribe button. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get started and, and talk a little bit about Jalen Brown. So like I said, I made my way down to South Florida, had a chance to see Brown live. This was my second time seeing uh, Jalen, who's at Miami Gulliver Prep. I saw him in a seven-on-seven tournament in January in Orlando and then had a chance to see him here in, in this setting. And what was cool about this setting uh, and, and something that the state of Florida does is they have actual spring ball and their spring games aren't against each other. They're actually against other teams. So it was kind of like a scrimmage. Uh, I mean, the, the little action that Brown got in that scrimmage, he was super impressive. I took a video clip of him catching a short pass and taking it to the house about 30 yards, ran ran it at, right into the end zone, right in front of Ron Bellamy and Steve Klingscale, who were both in attendance. I mean, Jalen's a five-star for a reason. He's on the skinnier side. He actually reminds me a little bit of when I had a chance to watch Devontae Smith in high school when I was covering Texas. Um, I know that's kind of a comparison that's that's usually thrown around to, to guys that are those skinnier, long, wide receivers. But I think Jalen Brown... It reminds me, it's really like watching the same guy. I mean, I had a chance to see Devontae uh, in those same type of settings and then seeing Jalen Brown, it it really does remind me of him. Um, So that's how special of a talent Jalen Brown is. I mean, he's super quick. He's explosive. Um, Like I said, he's that skinnier, long guy that can stretch the field. Uh, His burst is so impressive. His speed is is insane. I mean, he's a guy that's really excelled on the track as well. Uh, I believe he's running a, under a 10-5-100 meter at this point in, in his high school career. So he's just really, really impressive. I do think he needs to add a little bit more weight to his frame and maybe not so much the weight. It's more just the strength aspect holding up, especially you know, in, a, in a physical conference, whether he ends up in the SEC or the Big Ten. I think he's he's a guy that needs to add a little bit more weight and strength. But overall, I mean, that's really the only thing that that's a knock on Jalen. I mean, he's a natural pass catcher. He can fly down the field. He runs great routes. He's actually had the benefit of getting some work in with former Michigan 
star and Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard, who serves as a volunteer coach at Gulliver Prep. So that's a nice little connection there for the Wolverines. Michigan has hosted Jalen twice uh, for unofficial visits. So he made his way to Michigan last year, had a chance to go around the campus, see the program, see the facilities, and he returned for the game against Washington last year and he had a chance to kind of experience that night game atmosphere which he really enjoyed talking to Jalen's dad after that spring jamboree he was you know still really excited about that visit he talked about how fans chanted Jalen's name how they just loved the atmosphere and the environment and so I think the last couple of months there's been some questions and and Jalen hasn't mentioned Michigan a ton in the little interviews he's done Uh, He doesn't really talk a ton to the media, so it was good to actually catch up with him in person. Uh, But the thing with Jalen is, like I said, he he just hasn't mentioned Michigan a ton. It didn't seem like there was a lot of momentum there. But Michigan's still doing quality work behind the scenes. Uh, Wide receivers coach Ron Bellamy, like I said, was out in Miami at that spring jamboree. He talks to Jalen on a weekly basis. He talks to Jalen's dad on a weekly basis. Right now, Jalen has two official visits in mind, one scheduled uh, with LSU, another close to being scheduled with Georgia, uh, and then he has three remaining. So uh, Jalen's dad made it clear to me that Michigan is very much in the running, and he does expect Michigan to get an official visit. Jalen was a little more cautious with his words, but he kind of made it sound like Michigan would get one of those last three official visits as well. So Uh, I do think Michigan is still very much alive in the Jalen Brown recruitment. I mean, this is a guy that's already visited twice. So um, he has that Desmond Howard connection. He's obviously very interested. I just think the allure of playing in the SEC is something that's really catching his attention, which is why LSU and Georgia have really moved up the list. Texas A&M is another school that is very, very high on Jalen Brown. and obviously they're doing a lot with NIL right now, which is a big factor for him. And then you also have Texas, uh, who's making a, a big push of their own. They were also out at the spring jamboree. Miami has always been a constant in his recruitment. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's the hometown school. He has a good relationship with Josh Gaddis, expending, extending back to Gaddis's time at Michigan. Um, so that's kind of the, the big picture view of Jalen Brown's recruitment. But, uh, again, Michigan's still very much alive in that recruitment. I still think Michigan has a a legitimate chance with him. Bellamy just has to keep working it and they do have to get him on campus for one of those official visits. So we'll come back to wide receiver recruiting, uh, after we take this brief break to talk about Daniel Harris, who is Jalen Brown's teammate. Uh, top 100 cornerback at Gulliver Prep, just uh, released his top schools list, named Michigan in that group, also scheduled an official visit to Michigan for June 3rd. Um, I was impressed with Daniel Harris. It was my first time getting a chance to see him live. He's a tall, lanky, long corner. Um, He was impressive on the offensive side of the ball. He had a touchdown as a wide receiver. The team they played, wasn't really like a triple option, but it was it was very run heavy. It was kind of like a wing offense. Uh, they hardly threw the ball, so I didn't get to see a ton of him in pass coverage. But just 
watching him move around, um, you know, make a couple of tackles, the, the little pass coverage that he did get to do. I thought he looked impressive moving around. It looked like he had loose hips. He's been one of the biggest risers in the on three rankings. Um, I do think it's it's going to be tough to pull him. I, I think right now Texas A&M appears to have maybe a slight lead in that recruitment. I know Georgia is very involved as well. So you have the SEC schools, but he is interested in, in programs further away from home. You know, Penn State is another school that he's high on. Ohio State is another school that he's high on. Obviously, he's locked in an official visit with Michigan. I think, again, Michigan is in that top group. I think they're, you know, maybe fourth or fifth right now. Uh, but we'll see what happens after the official visit. That's the reason Steve Klinkscale uh, was in Miami, was to see Daniel Harris. And I know Klink's making a concerted effort there. Uh, we'll go ahead. We have a, a requester here, Jonah Schultz, so we'll get to him right now. Oh, never mind. He just canceled his request, so we will not be getting to him at, at this point. Um, but just continuing on with uh, with wide receiver recruiting. Well, if you do, if you guys do have any questions, obviously hop in. Uh, you guys have priorities, so I will answer any questions that you do have um shout out to to everybody that's joined uh looking at some of the names uh including some of the recruits asab brown shout out to you shout out to aaron childs uh two of my favorite guys down in 2024 um looks like we have um a troll request but <laughs> we'll move on with uh, other wide receivers you know there's obviously been a lot of talk with Jonte Cook, top 100 wide receiver out of DeSoto, Texas, uh, in the Dallas area. DeSoto having produced the twins, Jamon and Jeremy Green. And there's been a lot of questions. How serious should Michigan fans be about Jonte Cook? And I think there's something there. Obviously, he's scheduled an official visit. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of work to do. And we'll get back to Jonte here in a second. It looks like we have some legitimate uh, requesters. We'll go with Eric Reed first. All right, Eric, can you hear me? Looks like Eric's connecting, so uh, bear with us. I'm not sure why it's taking um, Eric so long to connect. Hopefully he can get his, uh, get his service right. All right, we'll, we'll have to come back to Eric. It looks like his service is down. Um, we'll go to Parallel Heartbreak. You are uh, you can speak. You just have to unmute yourself. What's up, y'all? Go Blue. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for uh, coming on. All day, man. Listen, um, so my, I've been a Michigan fan since 96, living in Alabama, man. Like, go figure, right? So, um, I've been, I, you know, one of my biggest frustrations this class, and I had to kind of have to keep things in perspective. Um, my first, I, I love EJ's tweets. I really do. I don't know why Notre Dame and, and sporty fans just follow him for no reason. But my frustration is that the recruiting is slow right now compared to other schools. I know the NIL is a big deal, but I'll, I'm also kind of hopeful because when you're the Big Ten champion, you can kind of be more selective. So I'm thankful that they're not taking just kids eventually to process them out. But at the same time, it's frustrating when you see teams like Louisville 
at Texas Tech or Tennessee passed them. So should we be hopeful that it's going to go at least somewhere around the barbecue before we start to see momentum with three, with four and five stars? Or should we just be like, all right, well, you know, top top ten is what should, we should accept? Because it's frustrating as a fan. I'm going to be real. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there there are two sides to it. One, you look at it, and, and Michigan's going to go after the big fish. I mean, they, they always are. They're going to be in that mix for a lot of big names, and they're willing to play the long game, and recruiting's a long game, right? So they're, you know, and they've worked themselves back into some big-time recruitments. I mean, they're in that top schools list with, with John Tay Cook. They're in the top schools list with Javen Toviano, who's in the, uh, in the room here, uh, who's arguably the best defensive back in the country in my opinion um so they're you know they they work they're they do great they do a great job of working themselves back into big time recruitments we saw that last cycle where they weren't a factor with Keon Saad they weren't a factor with Darius Clemens those guys ended up in the class um you know I think the slow start can be attributed to just a really chaotic offseason anytime you lose both coordinators and you have your head coach talking to NFL teams, that's going to, you know, create some pause from recruits and their families in terms of having questions about stability. Um, But look, Michigan's always at its best in the summer. They always do a fantastic job of putting on official visits. Jim Harbaugh comes back from his humanitarian efforts and is at full strength when it comes to the summer and when it comes to official visits and having guys over at his house and doing everything that comes with with official visits. So I think Michigan's going to get back momentum. I know it's kind of frustrating right now. I know coming off a Big Ten title, a college football playoff appearance, you're expecting commitments left and right. You're expecting a top five level class. Uh, but I also think you have to keep in mind how crazy the offseason was and, uh, and how much that really stalled momentum. But I do think Michigan will get it back in the summer. I think they'll get a wave of commitments here in June during these official visits. And then I think as we get closer to signing day, the efforts they put in in these longer recruitments with these more high-level prospects will pay off just like they did last cycle. Okay, I'm, I'm trusted. I got one, one more question if y'all don't mind. Because I, um, right. I think his name Nicholas Harbour. Am I pronouncing it right? The, the, the yep, five that is correct. Man, listen, listen. Uh, this brother right here, uh, percentage-wise, what are the chances that Michigan does land him? And is the NIL situation a problem because Michigan's administration hadn't fully embraced it? And I'll just listen from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, he's talking about Nicholas Harbor, a five-star athlete out of Washington, D.C., Archbishop Carroll, uh, my personal number one overall recruit in the country, six foot five, 235 pounds, runs a 10 100 meter, which is absolutely generational in terms of athletic freakness. On top of the fact that he's only 16 years old, he doesn't even turn 17 till August. He could technically be a 2024 recruit. Um, so I love, I love Nick. I think he's one of the obvious must lands of the class. And right now, you know, percentage wise, it's tough to tell because it's early with Nick. He, he's going to take it all the way, probably until the early signing period. Um, but I do think if Nick had to pick a school right now, it would be Michigan. I think Michigan leads. I think Michigan checks a lot of his boxes, uh, not only from an academic standpoint where he aspires to be a medical doctor, 
but also just from a track standpoint, the track programs did an excellent job of getting involved in this recruitment. He wants to do both football and track at the next level. And then just football in general, the coaching, the entire coaching staff has been involved in this recruitment. He has the ability to play multiple positions. Uh, they've given him the opportunity to play whatever he wants. And then he has a lot of family in the state of Michigan as well, which I think is a plus. Uh, and then another plus is I think Michigan's trending in the right direction for his teammate, Joseph McCoy, who's a non 300 edge rusher. Um, getting him on board this summer would definitely help with Nick as well. So, yeah, I think Michigan's in a great spot. I think, you know, NIL is, is always of a concern just because of what other teams are doing compared to Michigan. And it's tough, you know, it's tough on the administration enough that I'm making, you know, any excuses for, for anybody. But I think it's tough on the administration because schools are limited in how much involvement they can directly have. It's a, it's really up to collectives, but, you know, other schools are, are doing what they can to help out collectives. You know, I'm not sure Michigan will ever be, be a Texas A&M uh, in terms of NIL. But I think, you've seen uh, Michigan willing to to play some NIL. You you saw the big deal this week uh, with allowing athletes to use the block M and the wing helmet and all of that. So I think it's a, definitely a big step in the right direction. I definitely think the Michigan collectives are uh, doing their best with what Michigan is. You know, like I said, it'll never be Texas A&M. I don't think anybody aspires to be Texas A&M. Maybe you do. But I think at this point, Michigan is doing the best it can. I think NIL, you know, is still kind of a gray area that everybody's trying to uh, to navigate. But I think this week shows you that they're willing to to you know take take a different route than they've been taking by allowing student athletes to use the block M. So hopefully that answers your your question, Parallel Heartbreak. Thanks for joining. We got uh, some other requesters on the line. Let's go ahead and go to Jonathan Crutcher. I know he's been waiting for a while. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. All right, Jonathan, you are on the line. Jonathan, feel free to speak whenever you want. All right, Jonathan is here, guys. I just, I don't know why he's uh, why he's not speaking. Um, we'll go ahead and move on to Rodney Haynes. All right, Rodney, you're in the room. You can speak whenever you want to speak. My, my bad, man. I didn't mean to request that. <laughs> all right, all good. We'll go back to Jonathan Crutcher, who's um. All right, can you can you hear me this time? Yep, yep, right, we got you, man. What's up? Last time the mic didn't work. Not a whole lot. Good to be back on. Um, I just had two questions. Um, one about the interior defensive line. 
I know you say we were trending in the wrong direction with Devin Womack. So are there any interior defensive linemen that were trending in the right direction for? And then if you had any updates on the offensive line recruiting, I know you were saying that it seems like since Sharon has won his plate and maybe has fallen behind a little bit. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Womack was recruited more as an edge. So if we're talking pure um, interior defensive line, three tech guys, obviously Michigan has a commitment right now from Brooks Barr. They're looking to take at least a few more. Um, so the guy that would probably be at the very top of that list would be Jason Moore out of DeMatha um, in the DMV. So right now, Jason is a Notre Dame lean. I think that, you know, Michigan has a, an opportunity to make up some ground here in the summer. They're getting him on campus for an official visit on the 17th. And I think, you know, he is a Notre Dame lean right now. I would say Notre Dame has the advantage. No issue with saying that. Um, but I do think the official visits will have a chance to to shape things. You know, the fact that he goes Notre Dame first, I think, is actually helpful to both Michigan and Ohio State, which is set to get his last visit. Um, and I think Michigan and Ohio State both have a chance to really move the needle on their respective official visits. Uh, with Michigan specifically, Mike Elston obviously has a pre-existing relationship with Moore, dating back to his time at Notre Dame, recruited him very hard there, recruiting him very hard here at Michigan. Uh, Jason was actually supposed to be at the spring game, didn't make it because his brother uh, was playing in the NCAA basketball tournament with Villanova. Uh, but this will be his first visit to Michigan. Uh, I think, again, uh, the Wolverines have an opportunity to move the needle and maybe get get some momentum going in that recruitment. Um, looking at, you know, we're talking threes, we're talking noses. Looking at a nose that I think Michigan is trending in the right direction for is John Walker um, down in Florida. So, you know, a lot of Ohio State buzz there. I'm not exactly sure where he stands on the Ohio State board. I know he's a priority uh, for Michigan. He is coming in for an official visit as well. I think he's he's trending in the, the right direction. Um, another Florida knows to really keep an eye on is Jordan Hall out in Jacksonville. Michigan working to schedule an official visit with him. I think he's not necessarily a, a long shot. I think there's still work to do. Uh, with him, but he's another guy that's that's at the very very uh, top of the board. And then I would uh, I would also mention Xavier McLeod. Absolutely love that kid out in South Carolina. Um, Elston was down to see him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so you saw him and Caden McDonald, uh, another interior offensive lineman to know. So McLeod is a, a guy that can play uh, knows he can play three. I. I think he's an elite level prospect. Um, I think Michigan has work to do there with Caden McDonald. He's more of that, you know, 300 and 300 pound nose. Uh, I think he's a, a pure nose type um, really, really high on him as well. I think Michigan's kind of in that top group. Wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan get an official visit from him. He's out of the, uh, out of the Atlanta area. Um, and a kid to, to really know is uh, Sadiq Clemens. I actually put in a pick for him. Not a lot of buzz uh, in regards to, to him in Michigan, but I have a pick in. I think Michigan's trending in the right direction there. Uh, I think Michigan leads for, for the Kentucky prospect. I think Clink, Elston, Jesse Minter, they've all done a, a great job uh, of recruiting him. Uh, a couple other like kind of lower-ranked guys that you know Michigan pushes for, I could see them. Uh, ending up in the class, Rodney Laura out of Virginia. 
um, is a guy that named Michigan in his top group that, that I know Michigan really likes, uh, Tariq Blanding, who they hosted for the spring game out of New York, uh, is another kid that I could see Michigan pushing and landing and Riley Van Poppel out of Texas, a uh, smaller school in the Dallas area out of Argyle. Uh, his dad was a, a major league pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, so that's a, an, an interesting connection there. He's coming in for an official visit. I think Nebraska leads right now, but I think Michigan can overtake the Huskers if, if they really want to. So those are some names. I, I think, you know, I might have missed one or two, but those are some names to know as, as more pure um, interior three tech nose types. Um, you know, looking at over to the offensive line, the offensive line is, is tough to talk about. It really is like, there's all these targets, there's people moving up and down the priority board, like every other week. It's, it's really frustrating. Offensive line is the most frustrating position group to cover outside of just Dante Moore at quarterback this cycle, just because there's new names, there's names. It's uncertain where they're on the board this week or their next week. It's tough. You know, obviously you have the elite guys that are, that are always going to be high on the board. Caden Proctor, who has Michigan in his top group, Michigan getting the final OV. So that's big. I think uh, the Wolverines actually have a legitimate chance there. Then you have Charles Jagusaw has Michigan in his top group, but I think is more of a Notre Dame land right now. And then you have Caden Green, who's at the very top of the board as well, still appears to be uh, an Oklahoma-Michigan battle. It'll be interesting to see how official visits go right now. I think Oklahoma has the slight edge heading into summer. And then you just have this like, swath of like high level guys mid-level guys low level guys and it's really hard to tell where everybody is on the board it's hard to tell what their interest is uh in michigan you know the obviously the guy that i think michigan leads for and it just really depends on if they push for is amir herring who we've talked about a uh, countless number of times on spaces on the site wherever <laughs> Anybody talks about Michigan recruiting, Amir Herring's obviously been a hot topic of discussion. It's kind of, look, I love Amir. Everybody knows how I feel about Amir. I would take Amir right now. Um, but, you know, it's been kind of hot and cold where, you know, the staff feels, or not the staff, but Coach Moore feels on him. Um, you know, I know Ron Bellamy loves him, obviously he played for him at West Bloomfield, but ultimately Moore makes the decisions along the offensive line. I know he's been hot and cold on Herring. I need to catch up with Amir here soon and, and see exactly where, where things are, are going, uh, with Michigan. But I think if they push, they can still get Herring, but it's kind of been up and down with him. Uh, but yeah, just, I mean, there's so many names I can rattle off. I know Moore is high on Samson Okanola out of uh, New England. He's a guy that visited Michigan um, and has the Wolverines kind of in this big top group. You have uh, Spencer Fano out of Utah who visited, who's another tackle type that has Michigan in his top group. It'll be a tough pool from out west. You have DJ Chester at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, who's more of an interior guy um, down in Georgia, who just named Michigan in his top 12. Um, but Michigan's in that top group uh, in Georgia. You also have Paul Mubanga, who's making an official visit. I think Michigan has a, a legitimate chance with Paul. I could see the Wolverines pulling in Paul. You have uh, Trevor Locke in Indianapolis, who's a, a tackle guard. Uh, combo type of player who's kind of one of those guys that's been up and down and up and down on the board. Uh, but I think he's a guy that Michigan could pull. Um, Evan Link 
out of the DMV, DMV in uh, at Washington, D.C., Gonzaga Prep, uh, is a kid that's coming in for an official visit uh, as a tackle. So he's another uh, another one to watch. Logan Howland just visited, uh, a more under-the-radar uh, tackle type from New Jersey. Christopher Terex, another, another under-the-radar tackle type from here in in chicago land so i mean just so many names like there there's so many names that i haven't even mentioned that are are high on the list landon hatchet uh from the pacific northwest uh as an interior guy i mean there are a lot a lot of guys uh zechariah owens another tackle type from from georgia that i really like uh that has michigan in in that top group so again just so many names i think it'll all get sorted out as guys come in for official visits uh but offensive line is definitely kind of just a big (laughs) messy plate of dinner right now so it'll be interesting how how things uh kind of sort out there sounds like we're throwing darts at a board (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't say, you know, they're throwing darts at a board. They're just, you know, there's just so many options. I think, you sense. know, like I said, Moore has, you know, he's been on the road, obviously, a ton. He's seen a lot of guys. I think there, there's kind of going to be order to the madness at some point. But I, I also just think that, like I, I've mentioned many times in the past, Moore has had a lot on his plate. Um, going from tight ends to offensive line coach to co-offensive coordinator. You know, he used to be this guy who only coached tight ends and was one of the best, if not the best recruiter on staff. But he's added so many responsibilities in literally like just one year, right? So it's I know it has to be tough on him personally to be able to handle that and then ha- hold himself to the same standards as a recruiter that he, you know, had when he was uh, only the tight ends coach. I mean, it's a big jump to go from tight ends coach to co-offensive coordinator and then still have the responsibility of recruiting and coaching the offensive line with offensive line also being one of the, if not the most uh, difficult position uh, groups to recruit just because there are so many hit or misses, um, you know, along the offensive line. So hopefully that gives you a general view. No, that's fair. You know everything. Um, is the it's the list for the seventeenth as long as usual? Or is it a little shorter this year? No, it's long. It's long. There there'll be quite a bit of guys. So I, I think the seventeenth well, will be big. I'll leave with this. Is there any truth to an offensive player possibly looking around? To an offensive player looking around? Yeah. yeah. In our class. Okay. Yeah, I would say. I won't that. ask for names, but <laughs> I just want to ask that question. All right. Thanks, man. We appreciate you for joining, and we'll head over to Owen. Hey, Owen. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining again. Yeah, of course. I love this. I love the... Thank you very much for holding these. Um, Yeah. I got a a more general question this week. Um, I know you talked to a lot of the recruits, and you're, you're you're pretty close with them. Um, in general, what are the, the reservations about building this class? Um, the reservations about building the class, I think it just, again, still goes back to the off season. Like it, it really does. Like, I, I think people can make as much or as little as they want to, uh, from the whole Jim Harbaugh NFL situation. Uh, but I think that that did have a negative impact on recruiting. Like it just did. Uh, it halted momentum. It had recruits and their parents question 
things. It came at the worst time possible when Harbaugh was allowed to be on the road because this, this spring evaluation period, obviously the assistants were on the road. Harbaugh himself was not due to NCAA rules. But during that time that that whole situation was going, Michigan had a grand opportunity to obviously sell the Big Ten championship, college football playoff appearance, etc. Um, and they couldn't really do anything because what are you supposed to sell when your head coach is about to take an NFL job? So I think that was tough. And I think some of those underlying issues are still there i think they're still there with a guy like dante moore who could be the the leader of the class right um and i also think that you know there isn't that big vocal guy that's willing to commit early i think dante is willing to go the distance. I think Nicholas Harbor could be that type of guy. He's willing to go uh, the distance. So you have, you know, a, a great guy in Samaj Morgan, great player. I think it's going to be a really nice asset to Michigan, who's kind of being that vocal guy, but he doesn't have, you know, maybe that that high profile that that a Dante or Nicholas Harbor have. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now I think that there isn't. You don't have that early leader guy like like a will johnson last year a jj mccarthy before him um and then i think it's just more so the, the still kind of those lingering question marks is harbaugh here to stay for good um it was last year a fluke you know is is this program still going in in the right direction and i think it is i think harbaugh is, is here to stay i think michigan's gonna have another terrific season especially with how soft the schedule is um, but there's still those question marks in the back of, of recruits' minds. Thank you. And then we're, I mean, in general, we're, we're hoping to prolong these recruitments, right? Like we're trying to, we're trying to wait till the season and win games and beat out like Notre Dame in that case. Yeah. Look, I mean, Michigan's comfortable playing the long game. I, I said it earlier, recruiting is a long game. Uh, Michigan had success doing that last year. They got some commitments rolling in the summer during their official visit weekends, they landed guys they weren't supposed to late in the cycle. Darius Clemens, Keon Sauber, the guys I come back to that just completely eliminated Michigan. And then, uh, you know, Michigan was able to get back in the mix and land them late. They're guys that just pop up, right? Like Derek Moore, like wasn't even <laughs> talked about at all. Alex Orgy wasn't talked about at all. Like these are all just late, late, late ads, like December type ads. Zeke Barry. Like, I mean, there are just so many guys um, that Michigan just continues to work with. And like right now we write about guys and it doesn't seem like there is much there and it doesn't seem like there is much there. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're just going to keep writing about guys because Michigan is masterful at pulling guys in late. Uh, Clink scale does it great job of that ron bellamy does a great job of that we saw that with both of those guys last cycle so yeah i think that uh you know if michigan has another big year on the field then i think that there's an opportunity there to to have a similar close as last cycle and i do think the momentum is going to get rolling in the summer i do think they're going to pick up you know four five six seven commitments here throughout the June official visit weekends, especially on the 17th during Victor's weekend, which is always big. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's it's going to get rolling. I don't think there's any reason to panic. And some of these schools, and I, I should have mentioned it when uh, when we had Parallel Heartbreak on, on the show earlier, 
is, you know, some of these schools, they built that early momentum and then they lose it. Like you've already seen Notre Dame lose a couple of guys. They lost Justin Rett. They lost Cedric Irvin. Like how is Marcus Freeman even going to do this year? This first year he's 0-1 as a head coach. He's facing Ohio State in the opener. They could easily get sandblasted. You know, how are they even going to perform? I mean, Texas Tech, like (laughs) – you know, are they really going to sustain momentum on the recruiting trail? Like, I mean, it, it's more about how you close than how you start in recruiting. So I am very comfortable and trusting of Michigan playing the long game because they have proven results. And I think they're going to be able to flip a couple of guys just like they did last year. They're going to be able to land a couple of, of uh top 50 level guys just like they did last year. And you never know. I mean, if they're able to get a Dante Moore or they're able to get a Nicholas Harbor before the early signing period, that gives you a huge boost in those closing months. So there's a lot that can change in recruiting as you guys should know. Yeah. Thank you very much. I work just as a scout for Ole Miss for just about a month, but they're like, it's very variable. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much can change, man. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, there's Notre Dame fans celebrating May championships. Like we'll see where, you know, the dominoes fall. Michigan always finds a way to close. They always do. So I don't think there's any, any reason to worry right now. It's, it's kind of the, the same story, different year. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks Owen. Um, so yeah, guys, I appreciate you all for hopping on, uh, asking your questions. Just wanted to give a quick, and recap of, of the wide receiver recruiting since that's what I started with. Um, but very quickly, some guys to know uh, on the board. Like I said, John T. Cook, there's something there, but wouldn't invest too much optimism. I think there's a lot of work to do. I'd be surprised if he doesn't uh, stay in the South. But another Texas receiver I think Michigan's moving in the right direction with is Noble Johnson at Rockwall. Um, I lived in Rockwall during my time in Dallas. Uh, I covered a lot of those kids, including Alex Orgy's two older brothers. Um, Jackson Smith Nigbu was my uh, was my neighbor. So I know kids in that area are really smart kids from good families that are willing to leave the region. Um, and I think Noble Johnson is kind of next in line. Um, Michigan's done a terrific job. I think Ron Bellamy's killing it in that recruitment. And I... Um, I think Michigan will get an official visit, um, an official visit out of him. Uh, kind of sticking in the South. Another guy Bellamy's really working on is Shelton Sampson's five-star prospect. Um, look, I, I know Shelton's a long shot, but he included Michigan in his top group. I do expect Michigan to get an OV, so he's not one to um, to completely dismiss. Um, obviously, Michigan has. You know, it's commitment from Samaj Morgan. I think a guy they're really in the moving in the right direction with is Frederick Moore out of St. Louis, who uh, is scheduled to make an official visit. He's a guy I could see in the class. Another guy I could see in the class is Jaron Hamilton um, out of Gainesville, Florida, who recently made an unofficial visit. So, you know, those guys um, are a little lower rated more in Hamilton, but those are guys that have Michigan pushes for uh, than I could see in the class. Uh, a guy that I absolutely love is Kenyon Sadiq uh, from Idaho. Michigan obviously struck gold in Idaho last year, landing Colston Loveland. I think they can do the same with uh, Sadiq. He's kind of a, a bigger guy that could potentially transition to defense, but I, I just love him as an athlete. I mean, I would take him either way. And another guy that kind of fits that 
athlete mold is Micah Tease from Booker T. Washington in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which obviously produced Dax Hill. Um, I expect Tease to make an official visit to Michigan as well. So he's uh, he's another one to to really watch on the wide receiver board. But thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the space. Uh, if you guys aren't subscribed to the Wolverine.com, you can subscribe right now. Uh, $1 for one year gets you premium access to all our exclusive content. Uh, make sure to go ahead and subscribe. Uh, but appreciate you guys. You guys uh, have been great. Uh, thank you guys for jumping in with questions. You can also leave a tip uh, by pressing that little money sign on my profile if you want to. Uh, but thanks, guys. 